Hey guys, I'm Lennon. And I'm McKinley. And this is a special episode of Bikini Bottom Live. For those who don't know, we lost the creator of SpongeBob, Steven Hillenburg, uh, this past Tuesday. Um, and we felt like he should get uh, his own episode. We would have had it out sooner, but we were too busy. Um, but we're going to have this edited and out as soon as possible. Um, hope, Hopefully next week, which means nothing to the people listening. But um, it's been about three days since his uh, passing as, as of our time. Steven struggled with ALS. He had been sick for some time, but he was a fighter, so he fought as long as he could. We did cover, like, his career in the first episode, uh, but we're going to delve more into his life and other works he worked on. Um, and the impact Spongebob has on other people, uh, cause we talked about our own lives already and we're talking about, you know, just how this creation has lived on and, you know, how it's become like part of like the cartoon Mount, Mount Rushmore, like Mickey Mouse, Spongebob, Bugs Bunny, and I don't know who the fourth would be. I mean, you know, it's just... It's insane, you know, it's... He's definitely a cultural icon. Yeah, so, uh, we're just gonna start off at the beginning, we're gonna go from where he was born, um, what, 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 was, what was he like as a child, uh, the Marine Institute, what he, what was, what was he into at that time, because I recently listened to a podcast, uh, called Big Pop Fun, this is a couple of years ago. Uh, that they had Steven on, and they interviewed him, and he talked about his life and how he got into the industry. So if you would like it from his own mouth and, you know, some special stories, I would definitely check that out now that um, he's passed. And it's 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 a, it's obviously a lot more sad now, but uh, it's still amazing uh, just to hear, uh, especially from him, and then, like, how his life was and how he became how how he became an artist and how he became and how he created SpongeBob and so McKinley's gonna start off and then we're just gonna go from there and then we'll talk about the influence of SpongeBob afterwards. Hellenberg was born in Lawton, Oklahoma, and raised in Anaheim, California. He was interested with the ocean his entire life, and in 1984 began working as an instructor in the Orange County Marine Institute. This is where he wrote his. Intertidal Zone, which is a comic book about tide pool animals. It's meant to be, you know, informative for kids, will also be entertaining. And this is where a lot of the concepts for the characters we see in SpongeBob came from. Hillenberg was also interested in art since a very young age and drew many different uh, drawings, which is where, you know, he drew the Intertidal Zone, that comic. But uh, in 1989, Hillenburg enrolled in the California Institute of the Arts, or CalArts, to pursue a career in animation. A few years after that, uh, he got a job at Nickelodeon working on the show Rocco's Modern Life. Uh, but let's dive into that a little bit deeper. Um, he did go to school to become, a, and to become a marine biologist, even though most of the people said he should you know, go to art school because he was an amazing painter. He did not paint marine uh related stuff he painted um mostly uh, according to himself surrealist art um which which he was very into but he also he always loved the ocean and uh, he grew up watching uh Jacques Cousteau who was a big television explorer of the ocean 
while he was at the Marine Institute, he um, he was working on that comic. Uh, he created that comic for the Institute to teach kids about the tide pool creatures, the creatures that they're every day they're having to adapt to being underwater and out of the water because you know the tide moves in and comes back out. So um, that's where Bob the Sponge came from. But Bob the Sponge just looked like a regular regular sponge, which we talked about in the first episode. And most people on the internet uh, know that. However, the reason he decided to go to Cal Arts was because he went to a uh, film festival and saw all these really cool uh, and weird um, animated short films. And at the end of all these cool short films, it said made at Cal Arts. He was like, well, I'm going to Cal Arts because that looks amazing. I like drawing and I like um, these short films. And maybe this is what I want to do like this, you know, because perhaps he was tired of the Marine Institute or he just, you know, he just maybe that just there's like there's some points in your life where you see something and you're like, that's what I'm doing. Bar none. So he goes to Cal Arts and at Cal Arts every year you have to make a new film. So while he was there, he made two short films, um, The Green Berets, which we just watched on YouTube. Someone graciously put it on YouTube. It's about a. A Girl Scout um, who's very persistent and she has really big hands. And when she knocks on people's doors, she she destroys the foundations of their home. So she's destroyed this entire neighborhood. Uh, It's pretty funny. And it's all hand-drawn. Even the backgrounds are hand-drawn. So like everything's moving. Even the background lines. It's not like... Every, everything is one singular drawing and everything's moving and it looks it looks cool and then um the other one he made was called wormholes which that one has been lost uh, i guess it was never put on the internet um i would really like to see it um i i i want to say um i've seen a little bit of it shown at the annie awards when steven won a Windsor mckay award but that might have been his later work um, Hollywood Boulevard USA, which he made in 2013. But the two films I just talked about, Green Berets and Wormholes, uh, were made in 1992 and 93, I believe. Those two short films are what got him the job um, at Nickelodeon to work on Rocco's Modern Life, where, which he eventually became the um, creative director, because um, and, our, and he was a writer and all this other kind of stuff. Uh, Rocco you know, was canceled in 96. He ran for three years. So when Steven started working on SpongeBob SquarePants, of course, you know, SpongeBob went through many designs, and he eventually decided it would be very funny if SpongeBob was a kitchen sponge. Looks like a kitchen sponge. He's actually a sea sponge. He's just shaped like a kitchen sponge. He said that the new adventures of Mighty Mouse and Pee-wee's Playhouse kind of sparked something in him. Uh, maybe like the zaniness of it, or because, you know, SpongeBob's very quirky. And, you know, very, very strange, which is what Steven was into, you know, surrealist art and uh, very, very weird and funny short films. If you wanted to know what the other one I was talking about, um, Wormholes, it is about the theory of relativity. He described it as a poetic animated film based on a relativistic phenomenon. It would be really cool to see that, um, but it has not been put on the Internet, so it's kind of impossible to get. Steven was reluctant to create his own show because he had seen the stress uh, that Joe Murray went through uh, with Rocco, a lot of hair pulling, and he was like, I don't want to have to deal with that. He eventually decided that 
he he did want to create his own show. And like we said, someone told him that it should be about, or, or loosely based off of that comic. And he was like, yes, that's it. So, you know, boom, Spongebob. But then, you know, it's just, it's just so amazing. You know, like he went basically to school twice. Went to Marine School, gets a great job at his favorite Marine Institute. Goes and sees a couple of animated short films and decides, I'm going to go to animation school now. And he goes through there with flying colors. I mean, he's just, it's amazing. He's some, literally a marine biologist that ends up being one of the most known and well-regarded American animators. But now we're going to talk about the impact that Spongebob, when it first came out, had and what it later had. What the movies had. Um, of course, you know, I'm sure it made him a billionaire. I'm sure that didn't matter to him. Um, he probably, if he hadn't been struggling with ALS, would have made maybe another show or more shows. Because SpongeBob's the only show he ever made. He worked on Rocco, but he didn't make Rocco. I really wish he had made another cartoon. It just wouldn't have been interesting to see. Because, you know, I'm at Growing, worked on The Simpsons, created Futurama. Now he's made a whole new cartoon called uh, Enchanted. Um, Butch Hartman has made like four or five. So... Just to see Steven make another show, that mean, that would have been great. But, you know, we didn't, that didn't happen. But that's okay. When Spongebob premiered on May 1st, 1999, at the Kids' Torch Awards, of course, it was a major hit. We already talked about that. But the show would continue to have home runs that full year, the next year, and the next year. Within its first month on air, it overtook Pokemon, which, you know, mega hit. Um... As the highest rated Saturday morning children's series. Highest rated. Um, within the first month. By the end of 2001. Uh, about a year and a quarter or a year and a half later. The show boasted the highest ratings of any children's series on television. Any children's series on television. That's incredible. And it would come on Monday through Thursday. By May 2002. So this is even before the movie. The show's total viewership reached more than 61 million people, 20 million of which were aged as 18 to 49. Which, you know, that's why my dad loved it. And now we're in the 18 to 49, and it's we still love it. That's the magic of Spongebob. It's quite ageless. It's ageless and timeless. Not the later seasons. But we are going to talk about those, because I... Myself, in my pride, thought Stephen was a little hands-off on those. But it turns out he wasn't. He was and he wasn't. It, we'll have to talk about that. But in 2002, Stephen halted the production of the show uh, after the third season was completed to focus on the making of the Squ SpongeBob SquarePants movie, which is one of the greatest anime movies ever made. Um, so it's set for release in 2004. And he was... That was going to be... The finale of the show. They had 60 episodes. They felt like they had done everything that they wanted to do with Spongebob. This, the movie was going to be the cherry on top. But the movie was so popular and so well received um, that they were like, no, we got to make more Spongebob. Nickelodeon. Um, so he Steven departed. He passed along the torch. Um... He just became the executive producer. 
So he still oversaw SpongeBob, but he wasn't putting his blood, sweat, and tears into SpongeBob anymore. Um, and that's why I and McKinley believe that it's not as good. I mean, it, it's it still SpongeBob, but it's not Steven SpongeBob, SpongeBob. Which it, it that was the point. He was passing the torch. It's SpongeBob in name, not in spirit. Right. Which you know, I'm sure he would. He was glad that it was still on TV because it outlived him or I don't know it, it became like the new Simpsons or I don't know well even if the show itself didn't run so long its legacy and its memory definitely would continue to live on and still does just the first you know three seasons still continue to live on it's definitely something that will never like really will never be forgotten I mean it has become a cultural icon especially of this generation and the you know the reason he uh, decided to, because you know they wanted a movie, and he and so Stephen actually you know worked on this movie, directed this movie, put his heart into this movie. You know it would have been a whole different world if that had been the end of SpongeBob, but we would still be talking about the f- old episodes anyway, because we still talk about the old episodes today. Now there are a whole new generation of kids in high school and college that some of their favorite episodes are probably you know, seasons four through six. That's fine. All I know is that the funniest moments are in seasons one through three. But uh, as far as Steven goes, he did uh, help write the second SpongeBob movie, SpongeBob, the East SpongeBob movie, Sponge Out of Water, um, which came out in 2015. Um, I have not seen it yet because I didn't know Steven was involved. So, and I've heard it's actually okay. So I'm I might watch it now. You know, I wish you know we're doing this show in order, and I'm glad we started this show. Um, because, um, not, not that Steven died, but that we are here for the fans when it happened. We don't know how many people are listening to this podcast because analytics are kind of untrustworthy. I don't think we have enough people listening on Apple to judge. We use Anchor and it helps a little bit, but, but yeah, we're glad we're here for the fans. Um, there's other special podcasts. And I'm not worried about them. I'm worried about ours and that we are doing the what we can for the fans because the fans have come out of the woods this week and it's amazing. The people, the outcry of people that are just upset and that, you know, this man who created SpongeBob didn't get to live out his life. You know, even uh, yesterday or a couple of days ago, I mean, you know, since Stephen's passing, someone as a joke was like, um, they should play Sweet Victory at the halftime show at the Super Bowl, which is, you know, in two months or three months. And he was like, you know, because that'd be cool. But, you know, he wasn't, he was obviously joking because, like, you know, they would never do that. Well, that's almost got 120,000 signatures right now. And, um, you know, if it gets a, if it gets a ha- 150, a uh, thousand or two hundred thousand, they still probably won't do it. But I think they definitely need to. They, though. I yes, I think they need to too. Because SpongeBob, like we said, is bigger than anything that this that the Super Bowl could produce. You know, Justin Timberlake was disappointing last year. I mean, you know, and uh, Beyonce ruined Coldplay. We're not going to get into that. But SpongeBob's bigger than them. Yeah, they've had Prince and Michael Jackson. But SpongeBob's up there, okay? He's he's got to be bigger than Justin Timberlake and bigger than um 
Maroon 5 is supposed to be this time. And they would definitely be getting a whole lot of viewers they would have never gotten to ever tune into the Super Bowl. It's just, this is Spongebob. It's like... Um, Every single it's like person if Walt, there would know who he, who he is. Yeah, it's like if Walt Disney was still alive, and he passed, and they're like, and and Mickey Mouse had this like this song, like they did, or they did like Wish Upon a Star or something. It'd be the same thing. Of course, they play that every night at Disney World, but um, but yeah, this this show, it's almost twenty years old, and it's had just as big of an impact as. Bugs Bunny and and uh, Mickey Mouse, and they're they're nearly like a hundred years old. Um, the internet's helped it, but um, I think I would be amazed if they did it. Of course, you know I'm not gonna get my hopes up and and like think, oh yeah, they're gonna do that. Um, but it just shows that there are some die hard fans for SpongeBob, and there's a ton of them. This this week has really been amazing to see how much outcry there really was because you don't really see people, you know, just like talking about SpongeBob in their everyday lives. I mean, we do at least, but most people know, but everybody knows who he is. And you'll see people recognize and share and make SpongeBob related, you know, memes and things like that. Uh, but this past week, the amount of people who have actually shown you know, care for his passing. Uh, it just kind of really shows how much of an impact uh, SpongeBob had in so many people's lives, especially people you know in our generation who grew up with it and who still, oh, basically identify uh, with the show. Yes, I would say our generation. If you were to put an icon in front of our generation, it would be SpongeBob. Um, I don't know who Gen Xers had. Um, can't really speak for other generations or what they might you know identify with or if there is a even a character that stood out so much within right i mean maybe baby boomers was bugs bunny but you know but i i know 100 percent ours would be spongebob because if you show if you show any millennial a picture of spongebob they know who it is who he is and plenty of them could quote episodes and they recognize episodes and even like the people who didn't know the creator's name, they didn't know Steven, they know Spongebob, and they're like, "That's that upsets me. He shouldn't have died so young and worked so hard, and, you know, and, yeah, it's just, it's amazing. Um, and just this week alone, the, the, the artwork, uh, the the other animators speaking out, um, you know, Butch Herman did a very amazing tribute to him, because, uh, you know, he, he never even worked uh, with Steven. He had the opportunity to work on Spongebob, but he um, decided to turn it down to um, wait and see if Fairly Odd Parents. I mean, to to, to work on Fairly Odd, Fairly, Fairly Odd Parents. And a lot of, there were some other people, other animators uh, that reached out and uh, celebrities and um, uh, comic book artists, you know. And uh, But Steven did a lot more than I thought, which that's what surprised me because I, I didn't know about his short films. I... You know, I knew he went to animation school because he, you know, he kind of had to. Um, but I didn't know, like, just how much he did. Even even after uh, he left, not really left, he just passed the torch on SpongeBob. Um, he said he still oversaw SpongeBob. So, I mean, you know, I mean, he must have not have been that upset with 
how SpongeBob ended up. Uh, maybe he was just glad SpongeBob was still on TV. I don't know. From what I can gather, I think that he's not like a lot of um, artists or creators where they have this very specific vision or goal in their mind, mm-hmm. and anything outside of that vision is wrong to them, and they'll fight it. For him, SpongeBob was just something he enjoyed, but he didn't have any sort of exact idea of what SpongeBob should be. So I yeah. don't think he was extremely upset when SpongeBob might have gone yeah. off the beaten path and done some of those you know, infamous episodes that people don't like. I think he was just glad to see people were still enjoying the show. Right. Because we don't know if, if kids like it now or not, because we're not kids. Yeah, we're not kids. Um, we don't really It's still on the air, so... And they're making a third movie now that's completely uh, 3D uh, CGI. And um, I believe Steven actually worked on this one a little bit, too. They they said they are changing the ending to have a um, In Memory of Steven, which is great. Um, he, him and Stan Lee should, because we just recently lost him, too. Um, they should both be honored at the Oscars and the and the Emmys and, you know, all this other kind of stuff. Because Spongebob had movies, Spongebob had TV, but also Spongebob has comic books. And I didn't know this until just recently, like when we were studying up for this episode. But Stephen created United Plankton Pictures, which I just thought was like a joke company for the Spongebob comic books. It's a real, real company that he made. So they can make Spongebob comics. And Spongebob comics are great. I have one that's like a um, like a Mermaid Man and Barnacle Boy Spectacular one. Um, it looks amazing. Um, they still make Spongebob comic books. You know, they make Spongebob everything. I'm talking about, that's just merchandise. But as far as like a medium, Spongebob is every medium. that you can, Name a medium, it's a medium. People paint Spongebob. There's a TV show. There's a movie. There's, there's a video game. There's video games, which, might I say, many of are fantastic. Yes. And they just put SpongeBob into the new, because they've had like five Nickelodeon racers. They just made a new Nickelodeon racers for Switch, and SpongeBob's in that. So they're still making SpongeBob video games. Um, of course, you know, the great uh, SpongeBob movie game. And I've still not played Battle for Bikini Bottom, which I heard is great. Or Lights, Camera, Pants. Yes. Um, but we, yeah, we we grew up playing uh, SpongeBob the movie game. Which, you know, he didn't have anything to do with those games being good. But, yeah, we're just saying that SpongeBob is in every medium. And every medium he's in, it's good. There's not a medium that SpongeBob's in and it's bad. I mean, you could... Now, maybe it wouldn't work as a radio drama. <laughs> you could argue that uh, some of the mediums he might have been might have been you know, of lower quality compared to the show, but there's nothing that you would look at that SpongeBob, you know, like this official and just outright be like... We know it works as a silent film because of Reef Blower. Um, Although I will say Reef Blower did work well because of its sound effects as well. Yes, but silent films did have sound effects. They just didn't have dialogue. A lot of times they just have, you know, on-set sound, Mm -hmm. piano music. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, it could work like that. Um, And there's also... Uh, SpongeBob just had a successful Broadway play. Uh, I, I believe it's called like SpongeBob, like on Broadway or something like that. But you know, it's like real people that are just dressed like the characters. And I mean, yeah, if you're big enough to have a successful Broadway play, like The Lion King and all these other 
stuff's had. Which is funny, because a lot of times most people wouldn't think a play of something, like a TV show like that, would work. It's funny how sometimes it does. Like, uh, there's Shrek the Musical, you know, it's yeah. a Broadway play. And I remember when it was announced, so many people just laughed and, you know, didn't think anything of it. But I've, uh, I've seen it. It's on Netflix. Uh, and it's actually fantastic. I mean, of course, it's just the story of Shrek, but it's very well written mm-hmm. and acted. There's another another medium that you know SpongeBob has graced, and um, it's been it's been great. And then, of course, there's apps of so SpongeBob. That's that's still video games, I guess. Um, you know, people have made their own SpongeBobs. They someone's made SpongeBob anime on YouTube. There's you know, and we're not gonna get into YouTube poop. Not gonna get into the but that is that is content. that is a way for people to enjoy spongebob it's you know you know um, people just putting it again putting it again to a new medium um but you know i am it is interesting to see that even from a distance he was still caring about spongebob he he didn't he didn't get mad and was like ah oh, take it you know do whatever you want you know he was like no here take this i'm fine with you taking it you know um just keep me updated on what you guys are doing. Um, in 2013, after you know a while of you know executive producing on SpongeBob, he created another short film, his third short film, uh, animated short film, uh, hand drawn called uh, Hollywood Boulevard USA. Uh, also not put on YouTube, but was did go through the festival circuits. Um, and according to Stephen, it's just like how life is on Hollywood Boulevard. Um, so I bet that's pretty good. It looked, uh, there's a still image and it looks really cool. You know, very hand-drawn, very, uh, you can just tell it's just made by one person, which is really cool. And, you know, we're not going to get into, you know, the controversies that SpongeBob's created because who cares? But now we can talk more towards the end of his life. And for those who don't know, uh, ALS is, uh, amyotrophic lateral uh, sclerosis, which is the same, uh, uh, disease that Stephen Hawking had, uh, which of course caused his death as well. Um, but uh, Hillenburg, you know, disclosed that he was diagnosed with this disease uh, in March 2017, and said that he was going to continue working on SpongeBob for as long as he was physically able, uh, which which he did. Um, and then of course uh, he died November 26, 2018. The age of 57 from complications due to the disease. Uh, we'll put a link in the description where you'll be able to donate to uh, ALS research groups. Uh, yeah, I mean, we could talk about more, um, but I think it'd be better um, if you heard it from Stephen himself. And I want to put a link to the other uh, podcast where him himself talks about his own life. Thank you to the fans for supporting Stephen and thank you to our fans we're not going we have a donation button but we're not going to be asking for a donation we want you to donate towards um ALS research you don't you donate to us whenever you want we don't care um we just do this podcast for fun we 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 don't this podcast we're not tr- um trying to make a living off of it but um thank you for um listening to um our little tribute to Stephen McDaniel Hillenberg we give uh we send out our prayers um, to his family, um, and our condolences. We are mourning with you, SpongeBob community and animation community. But from all of us here, I'm Landon. And I'm McKinley. And thank you for listening.